Testing one two. Coming in. Once this guy in the background stops I know. rearing his engines. For no reason. I don't know why he would it's so hot outside, I don't know why he would want to be working on it now anyway. This is what I do. This it. is not the This time. is what I do it. Once I start seeing clouds, then I'm like, alright, now I'm gonna mow the grass. It, it started yeah, it is starting to cool down, so that's true. That's when I start doing it. Oh yeah, but that's rain. That's rain. He's he's getting the, yeah, he's beating it. He's like, Oh shit, gotta keep going. He's lucky we still have some sunlight <clears throat> left. If it was up to me, I would do it in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would just, just strap a flashlight in my yeah. head. I was gonna say either that or have like studio lights in your yard <laughs> and just boom, put them all on, and then all the neighbors would be freaked out. All right, good to go. Because I, I know the one, like the one, the one when you make that first turn, there are a bunch of stoners. Because like I hear them smoking outside, and the one conversation they were having, they hadn't been smoking. Because it was like, whoa, like. Dude, it's really weird when you think about it like that. And I was like, oh, dude, they fucked yeah. up. <laughs> they start saying meta shit. Yeah. All right, so between that and the planes, I think this is the perfect time to start, right? Jeez, oh, man. Right now, we're live. This is the price you pay recording outside, though. Anyway. We got a studio yet. Good Lord. I know. I can't wait for that day. Whoa! Where is that horn coming from? What is that? Is it getting louder? What? Where's the music coming from? Just random music? From where? I'm never introducing myself ever again! Welcome to Funny to Informing with John. That's me, and sitting across from me is Dick. What up? Yo, man, thank you for being with me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to do the last episode by myself, and, uh, you know, I didn't know how it was going to play out after that, but I was, I didn't even have a third segment. I just ran it, like, I think the last episode was like a half hour long or something. Yeah, when, when MIA, yeah. I went MIA, I had to be dropped in uh, yeah. South Russia. Uh, I had to save the president's daughter. I'm just, glad, yeah, I'm just glad you're <laughs> back now. Yeah, because I was, and I just told them on the last show directly. I was like, I'm not even going to waste any time. Here's me talking to Limpy. <laughs> Boom. And, yeah, uh, it was it's still a good show. Uh, I really liked the Limpy, uh, yeah. Limpy interview. I manage, I manage. Yeah, I'm glad, uh, glad you're back, though. You're a capable human and, being. Uh, yeah, and, and just so we're clear, the intro... Um, I I knew the music was going to be coming in the bullhorn. Nope. It was all a show. No, he didn't. I'm not, no, he didn't. I was playing dumb to be funny. It was all in his head. Yeah. All right. And uh, let's get into some did you hears. Okay. So this one was a little while ago, but Dick, did you hear um, the Bill Cosby mistrial? I did. The jury um, couldn't figure out which way to go with it. It's a hard, it's really hard because like when all these people come out of the woodwork and there's like 40 something women... Like, which ones are lying and which ones are, like, telling the truth? And you yeah. have to be able to say that every single person is telling the truth. Because at some point, then the defense can say that this person was lying, so then it's a mistrial. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard thing. I don't want, yeah, and I don't want to sound too heartless, but, I mean, if there's that many, I'm not entirely convinced that all of them are necessarily telling the truth because, trailing the truth. Trailing the truth? Uh-huh. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> okay. And because it's like some of them, you know, it's, it's, it's a very honest 
a human characteristic to want attention. Yeah, and especially where like you can make a payday on it. How many people that go on to stand and then yeah. they make a book and they make thousands, millions of dollars because they were on a stand for twenty minutes. Uh huh. And now and then people are going to know their name. And I mm-hmm. feel like yeah. And then the mistrial probably just means that they're going to wait until Bill Cosby's dead to try to have this. That's thing. that's what Jim Phillips said a while ago. Is did he? Yeah, he yeah. did. Probably oh, about man. like a month okay. ago. One second on that. He's retiring January 2018, and if you're not from Central Florida or never listened to a program called The Phillips File, it has been on for 30 years. He's retiring at the end of this year, and he like is just another one of those inspirational type of people that has gotten you through days. He was always from the 3 to 7 slot for the longest time. Uh, he's I've been doing it longer than I've been alive. Yeah, so literally to see him go, I know it's going to be a, really weird for a lot of people, you know, outside of just millennials like us. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be weird because I usually listen to him when I'm at work, and he gets me through that first two hours. Yeah, um, and that's that's it sucks, but you know it has to happen. I didn't even know he was seventy. Yeah, so. he's a lot older than I thought he was. Yeah, so I mean that was pretty much two digi years into one. So you go. Okay, so did you hear about uh, SeaWorld? In Orlando, they're having a the Kraken roller coaster have VR. So you, I I just got us the Kraken drink, the spiced rum. Yeah, we haven't had that yet, but I can't wait for that. I haven't tried that. I will. Yeah, we'll open it up right before this the very last segment of today. All right, all right, sounds good. Hell yeah! But um, yeah, you go on the roller coaster. They strap this little VR thing that goes attached to you, like uh, front of your eyes. And um, when you're on the roller coaster, you look around, and there's sharks. There's uh, different type of sea creatures, Whoa. and then at the at the end, the kraken attacks you, and you know you having tentacles and things come at you. It must ev- be intense. Everybody throws up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would, especially a giant octopus coming at you. They're an, they're an ugly being, man. Yeah, that screams motion sickness. But that sounds cool. It sounds really cool, and um, it's like second time this ever been applied to a roller coaster. The first one was applied to actually a fun spot um, in um, in Orlando. Um, the roller coaster they had the VR first, but SeaWorld then adapted it too. Um, See, I, and I've only been the fun spot specifically about fun fun spot. I've only been there one time, and it was only for the go karts. I don't even. I think I went, but I don't even remember it. Um, I would actually like to go sometime because it is it, fun. But I would actually like to go to see the VR because on a roller coaster, dodging different whatever yeah. things, it would be fun. Yeah. Well, and. Fun spot's not as huge as they advertise. You no. get there and it's like, womp. I can see the back of it. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> I can see the back of it. <sighs> anyway, okay, so did you hear um, Thursday, um, like right before the weekend, mm-hmm. it, uh, the NBA draft was on Thursday night at 7 or 8, something like that, I think 7, and um, I mean, I was only watching it a little bit uh, in the beginning because the Sixers got the first draft. Pick. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Philly, so um, they got Markel Fultz, who was like easily going to be the number one overall. And the Sixers had to battle with the Celtics to get the first round draft pick. And uh, yeah, eventually they made a trade go through, got Fultz, and um, they have a whole hashtag thing going around. It's called Trust the Process because the Sixers have been bad for so many years, and now they're getting their shot at a first pick. That should change the whole dynamic of the team and hopefully make something happen. Yeah, I mean, especially for them, they've just been bad for so long. It's uh, it's about time. And um, and in terms of, like, locally in Orlando, um, the Magic picked up uh, in their first-round pick a Florida State graduate, 6'10", kind of big. Their sixth-round yeah. draft pick was uh, Jonathan Isaac. Uh, I don't know too much about him. 
So, and I could honestly care less about the magic. I'm just reporting it because that's where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> no one cares about that. That's how I truly feel. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, yeah, no one cares about the magic anymore because now they're losing. And uh, yeah. it's kind of sad because for a while there, the magic was on a fire streak. They we, were. We were always in the playoffs. We were doing really well. And then this fell off. Yep. And then, um, and then the second round draft picks for each team. Um, the Sixers got Jonah Bolden. And the Magic got Wesley, I will butcher this name, Awandu, Iwandu, Ewandu. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, Did you hear about the man that visited Disneyland 2,000 days in a row? I did. You did? How crazy is that? That's ridiculous. I That's, saw the that video. is five and a half years. I man. saw the video. They were taking his picture when he walked through the front door, I guess, on the mm-hmm. 2000th day. There was a bunch of cameras there all, like, taking pictures and recording him for interviews. And uh, he said, like, he was employed for a while, and it really helped him um, just get better mentally so, and also work out a little bit. He, he lost 40 pounds in a year because he went to wow. Disney all the time and just walked around and, you know, the heat in That's California. True. Yeah. Um, oh, it's in California? That's yeah, true, Yeah, it's in though. Disneyland. You yep. will have to walk around a lot and being in the heat. So did he have to pay to go all those days? No, uh, no, right? Yeah, yeah, he paid. I'm assu- what? I'm assuming he got, like, one of those um, season passes, you know, like the uh, annual passes that you, you can go. You would think by, like, the 1,000th day, like, all right, buddy. Like, I, I Disney will probably throw him a lifetime membership for something this like point. this, mm-hmm. um, especially the dedication and the good PR. And I would love to go to Disney World every day. Um, it never gets old. Yeah. I mean, it's good that Disney has a comforting story because they've been going through some weird hardships left and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, and you have something about the Star Wars movie. I do a little bit so later. We'll talk it's about interesting. That. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty crazy. And then this one's not really a digi here, but it's something that I've been like observing and then seeing pictures online of. But um, if you guys see any, like if you guys are just at a traffic light or just like riding and you're at a stop sign and on a pole, it says, you know, good job opportunity. And it just has a phone number. And no real direction of yeah, business or yeah, anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, do not call that number. Mm-hmm. They, they'll, they'll, it'll sit there and say, oh, make 5200 a week traveling and then give you a phone number. And you're going to be a sex trafficker. That's yeah. not – you're not traveling or mm-hmm. being a part of some agency. You're not a part of Blue Green or nothing like that. No, like It's just kind of a warning to everybody. Watch out for those silly little signs because they're uh, literally in every city. They're in every city and then I also saw the same thing and it's a very scary thing. Um it's a real problem. Yeah. People get abducted every day, and I saw one thing on Facebook. A wife of four years got abducted, and the husband doesn't know where she went. Who knows? It they could just, be one of those things. It could not be, but, like, it happens. And just people, be aware. Use your good judgment. Yeah. They make it sound like an opportunity, and it's really, really not. Okay, so my last did you hear. I love it. I'm fascinated by it. Okay, so why Sith have red lightsabers? Um, they're exploring in the new Darth Vader comics, and uh, the reasoning is is to have a red lightsaber for Sith to get his lightsaber. He must take it from a Jedi. He must go hunt down a Jedi and take that crystal from them. So the red ones are from good guys? From good guys. See, what happens is when the Sith touches a good lightsaber, a good crystal, so a blue or a green or yellow, whatever it may be, when they touch it, it gets corrupted and it bleeds red. Mm. because they are taking their force energy because a crystal and the Jedi are very in tune to one each other. It's almost like a part of their body. 
So when you take it from one of them, you're taking their pain, you're taking their sorrow, and you're manipulating a part of them into evil. I yeah. love it. Well, yeah, and I feel like that's for, like, you said Darth, and then you clarified Darth Vader, but I still think it's applied to only Darths, where it's like um, in The Phantom Menace, those the red beams mm-hmm. that are blocking Obi-Wan from getting the Qui-Gon before he passes away, before Darth oh, Maul yeah, kills him. Oh, yeah, traps him. Yeah, I feel like those would be blue if that was a Jedi, you know? Jedi one? Maybe, or maybe it's, like because I, I feel like, I always wondered that. I was like, what is in there? Are they just lasers? Laser mm-hmm. fences? <laughs> but, like, you know, I feel like that's uh, also in, like, Relative to the color, relative of it. color, like, and I noticed they were red too. And not even that, it made me also start to think about Darth Maul has a double-sided blade. That means for his lightsaber, he killed two Jedi's as a Padawan. Like he <laughs> went and hunted down two guys, and then corrupted both of them to have his lightsaber. I love it. I love what they're doing with the comics, and definitely the mythology of Star Wars. Um, if you haven't read any of the comics, I highly recommend it. Um, the Lando comics, amazing, um, and the new Darth Vader one and the old one. Great. It yeah. captures Vader. And we're going to talk about the Han Solo movie in the third segment like we talked about. But um, uh, stick around with us. We're going to be right back. We're just going to be gone for just one minute. I am actually going to call up uh, Adventure Lost on the phone, speak to the drummer Larry. I'm very excited Woo! about that. I know. Yeah. It's going to be cool. <laughs> I'm going to see if he notices whether or not I've been drinking. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so stick around. We'll be right back with more Funny to Informing. Sup guys, I am John, as if you didn't already know. I just wanted to take a second to let you guys know that um, Funny to Informing is now available on Android phones and iPhone. So there's really no excuse at this point why everybody isn't listening, why I haven't captured the whole world. Anyways, for Android, it's blueberry.com slash jdpodcast, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com slash jd podcast and the whole list of episodes is there and you can subscribe via email or you could subscribe via itunes you click on the little purple podcast button that most iphones have and uh look up funny to informing and it should pop right up with all the episodes and you can subscribe and download each one and thank you guys so much cannot wait to keep trucking Welcome back to Funny to Informing with John, Tis I, John, and um, I am about to um, have a phone interview with the drummer of an up-and-coming band from Philadelphia, uh, Adventure Lost. They're a local band up there, and um, it was started by Larry and Jack, um, those two. The one I'm going to be interviewing is Larry. Let me see if I can get him on the phone here. Hello. Hey, Larry, how's it going, man? Good, man, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Trying to survive the heat out here. <laughs> I, uh, Hot down there? Yeah, how's it down there in Philly, or up there? Oh, uh, uh, I mean, normal-ish. It's like 84 degrees, it's nice, it's not bad. It's definitely better than here. I um, I was just plugging you a little bit uh, about your band Adventure Lost and check them out on Facebook and stuff like that. But um, and I saw that you guys were like at a show like the other day uh, checking out some other band. You guys didn't perform that day, did you? 
we had a show last night, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last night. Like, I saw you guys on Facebook Live, and then um, you were, like, filming some other band or something performing while you guys were jamming out. Did you, uh... Yeah, oh, so you... um... We had... We played first, and then stuck around for the rest of the show, and, uh, one band was from Brooklyn, added color, and they were just amazing, so... Nice. Felt the need to go live and showcase them. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and I don't know if I'm like saying too much, but like this is your most successful project that you've thrown together, right? You personally? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's most successful in terms of like artistry. I feel like the most satisfied with it, and I feel like it's definitely the most successful in like reaching people in a broader sense and just like meaning something to them as well. Yeah, I mean, because I know like. Um, like I still have the could have been King shirt. You're the band, the project that you were working on before that. And I still have that shirt yeah. and the and the CD of it. But uh, and I for some reason I feel like this band just has exactly what it takes. But how did you meet Jack exactly? Um. Well, could have been King is this band of my uh, project before this, and um, I kind of was just like taking a break from music. But like I, although after a little bit of time passed, I kind of felt the need to get back into it. Um, one of my former bosses for an internship, um, Jim Cunningham, posted a status on Facebook saying, I know this great guitarist looking for a drummer for his band. Um, so I approached Jim, he put me in contact with Jack, and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> so, okay, so it wasn't one of those things where you just like saw him at like a Starbucks or something like that. It was like you had planned to meet up with him and get that going? Oh, no, yeah. The power of Facebook uh, put me in contact with them. I auditioned, and uh, lo and behold, he liked what I had. I liked what he had, and we we made it work. That is fucking cool, man, because, um, and I think where I, where I really started liking Jack, because I've always liked you as a drummer in all of your projects, but I... Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> got you. And I uh, when I like listen to Jack in the Eleanor Rigby cover like um, had to have been over yeah. a year ago but oh my god when I saw, yeah, yeah oh, his pipes and then his guitar playing is it well and this is one of my other questions is it just you two in the band or is there more uh when I originally joined we had a uh like a bassist with us and then he kind of pursued other things so then it just became Jack and I so Jack and I are the people writing everything and producing during the studio recording. But we do play with another amazing musician live. His name is John Sellers, and he plays bass for us, and he's just phenomenal. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because a couple of times when I saw you guys, or like videos anyway, because I haven't seen you guys live, I've seen you in your other projects when I visited, which, by the way, man, I cannot wait until I go up to Philly so we can hang out. I'm, I'm like, Dude, I can't wait for you to come. Yeah, it's, it's been taking me too long. <laughs> yeah it's been taking me way too long yeah and i've always seen that third other uh the other person and i and i wasn't familiar with them so that's why i kind of felt the need to ask but in terms of like you um personally what made you decide to be a drummer like was it like a like some kind of like nervousness with your hands or was it something that you felt like th that you were just able to do or <laughs> um so it's kind of started back in like second grade I like any kid kind of I wanted a drum set because who the hell doesn't want a drum set um, <laughs> so I bugged my mom for, for like Christmas and lo and behold she got me a single snare drum and I'm like no screw that that's not what I wanted 
So <laughs> I didn't do anything with it. Um, in high school, I, with my couple of my buddies, we played the game Rock Band way, way, way too much. Uh-huh. Um, but even with that, even with that, I was the lead singer of a rock band band. Um, but then we got so good, we uh, went to a rock band live concert, opened up for uh, Panic at the Disco, and oh, that worked professional and stuff. Yeah, yeah, at the Spectrum, and, uh, right? And then after that point, we're like, screw it, let's stop with the plastic instruments, play real instruments. And it just so happened that no one else in the band uh, could get a drum set, so it just kind of fell on me, and ever since then... I've been doing it. Ah, so you were just assuming the role that nobody else had, for the most part. I mean, because I feel like you yeah, could... Yeah, because, ad- I mean, no parent wants to get their kid a drum kit. <laughs> I know, right? I, I've gone <laughs> into your basement a couple of times and saw, like, the styrofoam and the pool noodles and stuff like that on the walls to help the sound. Trying to make it as quiet as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I feel like you could have did anything, so I didn't know if, like, drums was where your heart was or if you were just, like, assuming a role. But, no, that's cool, man. And uh, you guys are, like, copyrighted and, like, super official, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Jack's been playing, like, professionally for a while now. He was with a, another huge group, so he's been writing and he's been published and getting royalties and shit. Um, and then we have our stuff and, like, he knows everything about that, so, like, we're copyrighted, and we're getting all that stuff processed to be, like, getting royalties and published and all that stuff. Yeah, and, I mean, that's definitely, like, the hardest part, I would feel like. I mean, aside having the talent to do it, yeah, like, sorting out all of that, like, litigation bullshit would be definitely, like, the other most difficult part. Um there's so much. Yeah, seriously, and I'm kind of realizing it, like, doing this show. It's, like, all the little things that, like, people are like, oh, well, you should copyright or trademark yourself, and then people are telling me, no, corporate yourself, make yourself a business, and that's the copyright. I really have no idea. I'm just going to move on. But um, Exactly. Yeah. Just just, just do your thing for now, and then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to let it ride. Um, Did you – okay, so I wanted to kind of talk about the scene up there in Philly. Again, I haven't been there in a couple of years, um, but – down here, it, like Orlando, is more available for like let's say comics. There, there's a lot of open mic nights, and like around the college campuses, you know, a stand-up comedian can go probably every single night, get themselves kind of like some kind of reputability there, and then like, yeah. and it doesn't cost them anything. But like, how that's like the scene here in Orlando. It's not really much too much musically. How is it in Philly, like not in sure. terms of music? Um, I mean. I'll be the first to tell you that I think Philly has, like, one of the best scenes in the country. Um, Talent-wise, like, we have arguably better musicians than, like, Nashville or New York or, you know, just anywhere, I feel like. But our scene is weird that it's incredibly insulated. Like, you can't stay in Philly and make it. You have to go outside of Philly. So our scene, while incredibly talented and diverse and musically and artistically everywhere it's just it's in philly so like no about nobody outside of philly really knows or cares about it for some reason which makes it yeah yeah because it was always kind of weird to me like i feel like when people like want to make it big in the music industry like sometimes they will literally like leave everything and then go to like somewhere like nashville and they're like oh that's where the musicians yeah. are blah 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 and then like yeah and when i was thinking of philly i'm thinking there's not much there but like excuse me i tend to do that sorry when i uh when i like went the last time i went to philly and we went to one of those really divey bars like that to me was one of like 
the low caliber bars, but they had a stand-up comedian. They had a couple musicians, and it was all such a great time. I can only imagine some of the better places. And then I've seen yeah. you. I've seen you guys playing at some of these better places. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, like the Philly scene, uh, there's not like much support from businesses for it. So you're an artist, and you're playing five nights a week. You're lucky if you get paid for two of those shows. Yeah. So unfortunately, yeah. it's like you can't make a living off of it, which is why people try to like migrate to Nashville and New York because there's more opportunities to make money off of places. I feel like. Yeah, like what what um would necessarily be like your guys's next step? Like, would it be like to tour or to put out another CD as quick as possible, or like what are you guys thinking in terms of like future? Um, immediate future, we're trying to get a couple music videos, the logo. Um, uh-huh. really cementing, like, a branding ourselves and all that good stuff. Um, kind of future down the line. Of course, we're going to tour. We're all about going on adventures. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if you guys come to Florida, uh, like, I'm going to show you guys around. I'm going to show you some places that you guys can get some cheap gigs at and really get out there. Because, yeah, man. And you're sending me the stickers, right? I have a Paul right here waiting. Yes, yes. I don't. I haven't figured out what I'm gonna do with the stickers yet. I don't know if I want to play like some kind of like you know first come first serve type of game with everybody, or make them earn them, no, you or just plaster them everywhere and then take pictures of the most random places you put them. Like put them on bathroom bathroom urinals so people pee on them, but they can't not look at it. <laughs> put them in like the deli aisle underneath the ham, so like they pick up. What the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. what we're trying to do. Just make it like they're everywhere that you won't even think to see them, but you see them. It's like, oh shit! Now I gotta look. Yeah, that's so cool, dude. I'm glad that you guys are taking <laughs> steps forward. And uh, it, I don't know how like soon you guys are gonna implement the music videos, but save one for me so I can be in it when I visit. All right, man, you got it. Uh, you can be the love interest. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna come with my girlfriend. So if anything, if she needs to be the love, that'll be perfect. I'll get into that character. Well, no. Adventure Lost loves everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys are looking for people who get lost and just wander on their own. <laughs> exactly. We're all about getting lost. I mean, going to a place you don't know what's going on and just going with it, like, that's life. Yeah, the, the, idea, the whole idea of discovering something new, that's like the whole premise of your band. And I think that's what I digged first. And then you see the talent and then you see the creativity. And then it's just like you guys are a trifecta. And I cannot wait for you guys to just keep going with it. Thank you so much, man. We're trying. I super like your appreciation and your passion for this. It's just amazing. So thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna be your spokesman of the Southeast. I got you. Uh, this I mean, is- <laughs> yeah, I couldn't ask for a better spokesman. Oh <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. Um, this I'm sitting here with Larry. He's the drummer of the band Adventure Lost. Um, you guys can find them on adventurelost.bandcamp.com. Or uh, if you guys wanted to find them on Facebook, which is always a pretty reliable way, facebook.com slash theadventurelost. And then if you guys for some weird reason have any questions or emails for them or anything like that or about how any of this works because they've been getting up there, uh, it's theadventurelost at gmail.com. Um, do you, yeah, do you have anything um, that you want to add or any other plugs or sponsors or anything? Um, Just a shout-out to Jack for getting this thing going and his amazing talent. Uh, John Sellers, our bassist, playing with us. Um, everybody supporting us and who will support us. Uh, you're, you have no idea how much we appreciate you and everything that you guys do for us. 
Yeah, I just want to make you guys feel good. So the the humility is bleeding. I love it. I can't wait to meet Jack too. <laughs> I've never met him before, so I uh, I'm kind of excited to see you know just how me and him would mesh or vibe. You know, it's gonna be interesting. I'm super excited to see. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm gonna have to. Too. I'm gonna have to get in contact with you when I uh, start to plan to book a flight down there. But um, I, I dude, thank you so much for being on and talking with me for a little bit. Um, I really, really Absolutely. do. Yeah, I really, really do appreciate it because any kind of uh, like cross advertising or you know meshing is is good for you know both underground platforms. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we gotta support each other. There's there's no other way to put it. Yep. Whether or not we're states away or not. Perfect, man. I will. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna let you go then. Um, thanks a lot for talking to me, Larry. I'll uh, I'll be I'll be talking to you in the future. All right, man. Thanks so much. Uh, you enjoy your evening. All right, man. Take care. I talk to you. Bye. That was Larry Iaccio of the band Adventure Lost. He's the drummer. There's only two, sometimes three of them. And um, everybody should be checking them out. I uh, put the links in the uh, the plug before. And um, I'm probably going to be putting them up as I advertise for the show. Everybody give them a shout out. And um, we will be right back with more Funny to Informing with John. Stick around. Hey, gang. I'm John. And I'm Dick. And we are the host of Funny to Inform. We want to let you know that we have a Twitter page. It's twitter.com slash John. Are you tired of hearing the same old ad? No, oh, I am. Yeah, John here. And Dick. Well, it's not going to be the same ad, but it's the same premise. Uh, Facebook.com slash John Podcast. That's where we're getting the most traction right now. So we wanted to tell you guys to check it out. And please, for us, share, download, follow, like, give us it all. I have nothing else to say. John said it all. Perfect. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Funny 2 Informing with John. It's me, and um, I am going to turn it over right now to our pop culture slash nerd expert, Dick, to nerd out a little bit. What you got? All right, guys. Let's nerd out. So, um, last time at E3, they they had a Spider-Man game that came out, and it was fantastic looking. Um, It's pretty much looked like the Batman Arkham series, but with Spider-Man skin. Um, I think it really lends itself to that, especially story-wise. Um, I can't wait to see a really good Spider-Man game with a solid story. And um, it looked like they really honed in on the graphics. Yeah, and then it like, and that's that's how you get people hooked, honestly. So yeah, it, it looked beautiful, and it's same thing as like Arkham City. Arkham City, when I was flying around as Batman, you felt like Batman. You felt like the detective. And this one, same thing, swinging around from the preview that they showed. It looks like you're going to be put in Spider-Man's shoes, and it looks amazing. I cannot wait to dive yeah. into it, and it looks like a blast. Because me and you were talking about the fighting engine a little bit. Yeah. And assuming that he's going to be moving around a little swifter than Batman, it is like Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Exactly, and then the whole thing that pops up around enemies' heads, 
that like you know when to counter for Batman, it actually makes sense for Spider Man because Spider Man actually has a spider sense, so it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, yeah, because Batman was just doing it, and it's like okay, so so he just he just has that ability now. Yeah, you're a martial artist, so suddenly your 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 reflexes and everything slows down. Mm-hmm. But Spider Man lends it too, um, and then also we're gonna go into Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, that's gonna come out July seventh, and I can't wait. Um, my sister's ecstatic about it. Um, and so am I. Um, it's going to have Tom Holland in it as Spider-Man. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in it as Iron Man. So that's going to that's going to be great. Oh, and Tom Holland is he the one that's been playing Spider-Man, like the Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, that's he, him. No, no, not not the last series, not the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was Andrew Garfield because that was kind of cornballs. Um, yeah, I didn't like that much. Yeah. But uh, the new one, I love it. He plays a really good Spider-Man, a really good Peter Parker, and I think he's going to kill it. And I think he's going to be the quintessential Spider-Man, but not physically kill it because Spider-Man doesn't kill anything. No, he's yeah. like the most pure. He's good. He picks up Thor's hammer. But he he's gonna pure kill hearted. it. He's yeah, gonna kill it though. He's gonna fucking kill it. Um, we got Michael Keaton in it as Vulture, which Michael Keaton, yo, his comeback is amazing. But he's getting a little up there in age. Yeah, but that also fits a Vulture character because the Vulture is usually a little bit oh, older. Oh yeah. Um, oh, that's cool that he's gonna be playing. I wasn't sure which character he was gonna be playing. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we also have Miss uh, Marissa Tomei as. Uh, Aunt May and I have no idea who Marissa Tomei is. Um, she's in a lot of movies. She's in Weeds. As um, the the mom? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't yeah, know her. her name. Um, yeah. Light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. But um, I, I think it's gonna be great because they're hitting on a lot of different characters. They're hitting on Vulture, and then Shocker's gonna be in it. And I'm really like they're hitting lesser known uh, of Spider-Man characters. Uh, I think yeah. it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because when I play the game, that's the only way I know these characters is when I play the Spider-Man One and Two, the yeah. video game. And then, yeah, you were sitting there fighting Carnage in the train station, or you were sitting there um, having to fend off Rhino through the city. And then that's how I found out about Vulture. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I could see Michael Keaton, I guess, playing that character. Well, you know? I also think it's kind of funny that like his career started back up with Birdman, and now he's literally playing like a Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> my my only whole tiff with Michael Keaton specifically is that he was Batman and he should have been the Joker. If you've seen Michael Ooh. Keaton in Beetlejuice, why would it not make sense that he be the Joker? Yo, I never thought about that, but I totally agree with that. And, you know, and I really don't know who you would have had as Batman. Maybe Adam West because he wasn't even that old. He wasn't that old at, at the, the time. time. R.I.P. He wasn't even that old at the time, so you could have probably just had an older Batman or something. I don't know. Yo, I like that. I would actually like to see what Michael but, Keaton would have played as a Joker. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not dogging um, Jack Nicholson because his Joker was like he was just being himself, and it was scary. Being himself, and then he's playing a definitely old style, old type of Joker. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely an old type because it wasn't as morbid. You know, yeah. like the scars and the that, that that's our that's our generation of Joker, um, more homicidal, more maniac like. Um, the other one was more comical and kind of loose, silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like the old one was like entertainment, and then this one is more like psychotic. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 more of a mental character nowadays. Back then, it was kind of like. Uh, just those generic people that don't care about nothing and money's no object and blah 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 they just want to do bad yeah they really didn't flush out the character too much um and what i really fascinated about this new movie is like they're having iron man in it and i think yeah. I, I think it's really cool to see spider-man and iron man together and also seeing what that dynamic brings and they announced that in the next movie iron man is not going to be in it but another avenger is going to be in it as his mentor and i really like the going as spider-man's as spider-man's oh, okay. mentor i really like they're going that route of Someone 
being a superhero, teaching a younger superhero what to do, what not to do, different angles, different moralities of it. And I yeah. personally think it's going to be Captain America. I, um, I would hope so. Because, I mean, honestly, and anybody who knows the Spider-Man story, he goes through that, where he's seen as the villain and into newspapers, the Daily Bugle. Where, and, you know, these people, like, they see him as this evil person, and he has to deal with that, knowing that he's only trying to have the best intent, like, f- to for the, for the good of mankind. For the good, and he's starting off as a superhero, and then also being influenced by all these other superheroes. I think that's really great because that's staying true to the comics of where he draws his inspirations from. You see how I'm glistening right now? Oh, man, it's so hot. It is so hot out here. We are beasting it right now, just ignoring it. It's 95 in my car right now. I I was ignoring it all the way up to this point, but (laughs) screw that. It's fucking hot, guys. I do, the, I do, we, do we do this outside, and we are drinking, so that's probably activating the heat a little bit more. Maybe. But man, we are Whew. owning it. Um, but I wanted to ask you, too, is there any kind of correlation between, like, superheroes and wanting to be a part of the news? Like Peter Parker being the photographer, <sighs> Clark Kent getting into... I think so. I think they want to also kind of shed their light in a positive light. Because you having all these people that saying all these negative things about Superman, you having all these people saying all these negative things about Superman, uh, Spider-Man, <laughs> Superman and again, Superman again. Well, he is that OP, um, <laughs> and I think it's it's kind of like showing their characteristics of them showing that hey, I'm trying to do good. So Clark Kent's trying to show Superman being in a good light. Peter Parker's showing how Spider-Man's trying to be in a good light, and how he's only trying to help. Yeah, um, and then the photos or like all of their. Uh, influences on trying to make them look good freaking backfire. Yeah, always backfire. Yeah, they use those photos against Spider-Man or... It shows the power of media. Yeah. Yeah, power of media. Power of media. Power of media. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, the other other topic I had here was uh, the Han Solo movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell me about that. Okay, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller... Um, they've directed 21 Drum Street, 22 Drum Street, the Lego movie, the Lego Batman movie, and Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs 1 and 2. So they're pretty good directors. They've put out great movies. Um, I guess they had a bit of a quarrel with the uh, head of the Lucasfilm, like Kathleen Kennedy. Um, they got booted off the project four months into production. So that means four months into filming, they are not directing anymore. That's a dangerous game to play That's when a, you're talking about a film. Very dangerous game, and not even that. It also, what creative differences did they have um, to the point where they had to leave? Um, They're getting um, Ron Howard to come in to direct, but it's going to take about a week or two for him to come in because I guess he has to shuffle around his schedule and stuff like that. Okay, so they're just going to take a second to breathe and then get right back into it? Yeah, exactly, and I don't think they're going to compromise too much of what the movie was going to try to tell. Um, it's going to be a pre- now, yeah. yeah. This movie's no, going to do just fine. It's going to do just fine, and I think it's also going to like really, really show where Han Solo came from. And with Ron Howard directing it, um, you're definitely going to have that emotional state of what the character is. And I think that's one of the greatest things of the Han Solo character was him being a smuggler and doing bad, but also realizing there's a bigger picture and having to do good. And I think Ron Howard's going to be able to take that in the right light. Um, well, and yeah, I mean, and he's got the background for it, of all people, especially. I mean, if it's not going to be George Lucas or Spielberg, I feel like 
if you had asked me a third person, it would either have been Katzenberg, who Ooh. was a part of the Pixar thing. Yeah, yeah. Or Very Ron Howard. Or Ron Howard. Or Ron Howard. Katzenberg's yeah, no. a really good pick. Oh, he's, yeah. Um, I just hope it doesn't delay it, um, because it's supposed to come out May 25th, 2018, and I do not want to wait I for this movie. Buck- I would buckle up. I know, you I know. might wait. I know I'm going to have to wait, but mm. I don't want to. I want to see a space western already. Yeah, and, um, yeah right. And the cast is amazing. Uh, we have... Han Solo as um, Alden um, Engenberg. We have Leno Carissian, and he's being played by Donald Glover, and no better casting. No. Um, Donald Glover, he has had the coolest career up to this point. He really has. Like, you are, like, the funniest one on Community. Fantastic rapper. Yeah, great music career. Now you get to be Lando Calrissian. And he's going to be Simba, too. And he's going to be the voice. Yeah, like, he's going to be Simba. And I'm going to put money down on it. It's not announced, but he's also going to be in Spider-Man Homecoming. You know that for sure. For sure. He's going to be in it, and I'm going to put money down that he's going to be Miles Morales. Um, That is... The one of the newer Ooh. Spider-Mans, and I think he would play the part perfectly. Oh, um, well, yeah, I'm just, and I just want to put this out there because I know Donald Glover's listening because we, <laughs> we we get such a following. So Donald mm-hmm. Glover, I know you're listening. Slow down, don't burn yourself out. You have many years of doing stuff like mm-hmm. this, so I want you to he's, live it up. Live it up, and he's he's our age, so he, he has, needs to slow down, breathe. He has collect plenty of a career uh, left to him. That's awesome, though. But uh, also in the movie is going to be Woody Harrison and Emily Clark. Um, so the cast is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, I love Woody Harrison and Emily Clark in Game of Thrones. She's great. You know that's a common misconception? It's Woody Harrelson. Ha- Woody Harrelson? Yeah. Everybody, it's not Woody Harrison? It's yeah, Woody yeah. Harrelson? Harrelson. Yeah. Her- where's it, the L? That's It's there. It's there. Let me pull up my phone as Are we you? continue. But yeah, yeah, I'm going to show you in a second. But, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. What what character is he going to be playing, though? Not a known one. Um, No, he's, he's going to play a new character. His character is going to be called uh, Beckett. And um, he's going to play, I guess, the Han Solo mentor. um, The person that teaches him how to smuggle... Um, how to no, but that's cool. He, yeah, good. it is Harrelson. Yeah, yeah, you are right. Common misconception though. That's kind of like one of those. I like, even wrote it down without the L. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I wrote it down twice without the L. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, it's kind of like one of those things. Where, like when people say would have, it's not would of, it's would have. Yeah, but people just say would have. You know, it's but like it's it's just a common misconception. You know, Harrelson, Harrison. Mm-hmm. But um, no, but he's like one of those perfect people to play a new character to introduce something. Exactly, and you're gonna put him as Han Solo's mentor, a smuggler, a, a gambler, someone. He I has think, the swag. Mm-hmm, exactly, he has a swag, and I think you could see it where Han Solo got his swag. Um, I can't wait for the movie, especially Han Solo being one of my favorite characters. I want to see a little bit of his origins. Yeah. And I think it's going to, uh, it hasn't been confirmed, but I think you're going to see how we get the Falcon. I think <laughs> you're going to see that game. Well, that- yeah, that's going to probably be like, like not like an aha moment, but like the moment that if there was one to have a standing ovation, it's when he gets the Falcon. Exactly. And it's going to be when all these sweaty nerds are going to be like, oh my God, this is when he wins sweaty the Falcon. Nerds. I'm a sweaty nerd. I'm literally wiping my face right now in my oh, shirt. Oh, I'm drenched. Uh, sweaty nerds. And also, I would like to see <sighs> how he how he comes into first contact with Chewbacca. Um, I think that would That's be... true, too, because how do they even understand each other? I guess he speaks Wookiee, and um, the original canon, Legends now, of what it's called, is um, he saved uh, Chewbacca from being a slave. Because all the Wookiees got enslaved after the Great War. 
Um, the Clone War. Yeah, after Order 66, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of them got enslaved, and they got right. hunted mostly by Translogians, and he saved him from being that. And their culture has a life debt. Um, and after him saving him from being enslaved, Chewie went, okay, I'm with you to the end. Yeah. Um, and he literally was up there to the end. Um, sad to say. Han Solo. Oh, yeah. yeah, Chewie's still there, though. Chewie's, Chewie's still, there. still there. But we have a lot of good things coming our way, and I cannot wait. And I'm definitely going to report more on the Star Wars. Um, I know I haven't been talking too much about that, which is odd for me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought that was the weirdest thing in all the nerd segments. Not one of them was, like, or too in-depth of Star Wars. But I feel like we got a little bit in. It's a slow time right now. Yeah. It's going to pick up once it starts getting to the and movie. And then we'll hit full throttle. We didn't do an E3 preview. You know, there was just so much at E3. And, you know, we... Uh, we wanted to do it into two parts, but you know, one thing led to another. We get busy, mm. and it happens. It happens. Yeah, so we moved on from it. But um, that wraps. Uh, do you have anything? Do you want to say? Um. Yeah. Um. It was great to be back. Um. I had a lot of fun, and I can't wait for the next show. Um. I already got some topics all picked up and lined up. Uh, Perfect. And you know, I don't like to like be in front of the recording without being real. But I really appreciate you coming back. Last seg- last episode was dry moments. Yeah, um, and to give major props to the one guy, he plays really late at night on real radio. Ad on the radio for you working by yourself. Kudos. First of all, I love his monologues, and he really pervades a really good message um, on anything he has to say. It's very thoughtful and also very inspiring. Um, there's a few times that. He's had a monologue, and it made me step back and think about, one, my life and what I'm doing, and Mm -hmm. it's definitely a gift being able to do that. So, yeah, pretty much the bottom line is a huge shout-out to AD on the radio, playing at the time slot that you play at, and a huge shout-out also to Jim Phillips. Sorry to see you go, man. Didn't know you were 70 years old. And you know what? It's it's good to go out with some dignity because some people get burned up Mm -hmm. in radio. He will be missed, but hey, he has his own life. He's going to do his own thing. Yeah. And, and he's going to give him plenty of time to travel. He's, he's, so. going, he's going out on top. But um, uh, that wraps it up for us. Sitting yeah. across from me has been Dick. Thank you, man, for being here again. No problem at all. And your host has been John. And thank you all for listening. We really appreciate See it. See you guys later. Until next time, Take gang. Care. Peace. Ah!